0: Okay, Jerome, just hold on. Well, there's Alvin with our familiar lyrics kick off our daily little get together here, two hours together, and uh, hopefully there's a, certainly no lack of things to talk about, and no. Uh, there is a lack of of people with brains that participate, but uh, you know, that listen and all that. We're still a small group, but hopefully, maybe some of the more percentage of the world will come to their senses as we go forward. That's always the hope and the prayer. Uh, Roger Sales with you. We'll start this thing out with all the particulars. Radio Ranch, name of our quilting session, and the People's Patriot Network, our venue. The date of today's get together is 7720, 7720 Hike uh just about to the uh, ides of july um big month for me july um let's see what all's going on in the world daryl da, 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 da. joined us right there at the start i couldn't we weren't communicating well Did, was that a problem on your end daryl
1: i think so i had a i got a new wireless headset Well, let me tell you what and uh
0: you sound better than you've sounded in five years
1: Really? Yep. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I should go on that internet dating site then. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but I, your
0: voice <laughs> I is real up close and full instead of like a tinny kind of phone voice, you know, over a phone line. Oh, yeah? So, anyway, yeah. no, it's a very nice change. Well, it's my, a real positive change.
1: Yeah. I'll do my Barry Manilow imitation here mm-hmm. in a minute. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There was a,
0: you know, um, Barry Manlow was on a label that was started by a legend in the music industry named Clive Davis. And uh, uh, they used to call him the, and I can't remember the name of the label right off the bat. That's unusual. But anyway, I remember the rep because he was a real character. Big old heavy guy and just funny, and everybody loved him. His name was Billy Lemons. And uh, he, the, he called him Fairy Manlow. <laughs>
1: Ferry alone yeah
0: i <laughs> uh, had some Hello. other choice uh, choice right. comments about the label that i really wouldn't put out on our on our venue here but uh so i just flashed on it when you said that so um there was some well
1: I, I uh i'd rather have i'd rather have uh barry white's voice there you go uh you know the
0: wall and right, we called him the wa- we called him the walrus of love uh yeah the, um there was something on my mind that I didn't want to forget, and I forgot yesterday. And it's a uh, an interesting way to start out the show, and it goes back and reverts back to something we should we'll probably talk about today and tomorrow and next week, next month, and that's China. Uh, in that clip, I saw of the old uh, film footage of the great the great leap forward they called it, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah there there was another name for it i just can't think of it but he had two two kind of names for it there the cultural revolution or something and one of the things that he did get this crazy crap okay because the people were hungry cuz they weren't uh, in doing agriculture right like you know they do in communist places no lack of incentive. And so anyway, the, uh, there was a lack of grain. And so Mao said and put together that the lack of grain was because there's too many sparrows. And so he commanded the whole country to kill all the sparrows in the country. I, they showed pictures of it. And the whole country went around, and they would never let the sparrows light. Whenever they lit in a branch or something, they'd come and bang something or or do something and make them fly, and they killed all the sparrows, okay? And then, unintended consequences being what they are, the locusts came, and they ate all the crops, and they had to go back and actually import English sparrows from England to repopulate China. I mean, these idiots, Okay, uh, I they did a bit on that, and you could see the people out there thrashing around at trees, and and they had different shots of all that. But then they had they had a dump truck full of sparrows. They'd have people stringing them up on strings like you do fish. Okay, and uh, mm. uh, uh, unbelievable, stupid these people. Um, now. China may say there ain't no God, but I believe God says, I'm going to show you I'm here. If on top of everything else, I wonder the yeah.
1: the flu. Yeah, I wonder if that's where they got. To have, yeah. I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. No, no. Finish what you're going to say.
1: Well, I just wondered if that's where they picked up the uh, proclivity for bat uh, bat munching. <laughs> you know, uh, well,
0: look at the, look at the list of catastrophes that are facing these people the The thing that started there last year, the one that's continuing an even outbreak where they're having to shut down Beijing, they got floods that are at least 90 years and maybe certainly biblical in, in, in scope over there, and they're going on now, and the rain forecast is the next eight or ten days more rain all over the country. Uh, the, uh, there's been something like 21 dams that have broken. Okay, they about two, three weeks ago, we had another incident of swine flu pop up from the pig deal. And uh, uh, and now, as of yesterday, guess what they've got now? Uh, uh, Do tell, do tell bubonic plague, bubonic plague has stuck up in the upper part of the countries over to the east of Szechuan, where they're. In turn, and all those Uyghurs. Yeah. and uh, so I, and, and on top of that, they're dealing; they've got wars, or at least skirmishes, going with twenty-one of their neighbors,
1: twenty-one as yeah. simultaneously. Okay, you know that that bubonic plague. All I got to say about is that is oh rats.
0: Yeah, oh rats. No, rats no. It, well, of course, it's uh, kind of associated with and maybe attributed to rats, but that's not it. it. Is. That's not it. Up well, in that part of China, there's an animal. I used to see them in Alaska. They're a really cool animal called a hoary marmot. Okay? And, yeah, uh, yeah. and well, they eat marmots up there. They've got marmots, and they eat marmots, and they think the bubonic plague came out of the marmot yeah. community. So, And, of course, these Chinese, they'll eat anything. They'll virtually almost eat anything. Uh-huh. I mean, fetuses. Do you, that's one of your issues. I saw pictures twenty when they were doing some some investigating on this. So twenty six, twenty five years ago. And as all this was just starting to pump up, and they were starting to get Clinton to the point where he's going to let him in the World Trade Organization and all that, and there was people doing investigating reporting on him. And I remember seeing pictures. They sell feed aborted fetuses over there, and they make soup out of them. There was a picture of soup with an aborted fetus in it that somebody was going to eat.
1: No. Wow. Well, that could just about gag a maggot right there. Okay. Yeah. I mean,
0: these are the people we're talking yeah. about, and it's becoming more and more obvious that, of course, the bankers and everything set this up, and their ideal of control in the world is China, and they've made great strides to getting the foundation laid to be able to
1: do that. Well, the. Uh, the uh... It, it would have, it would appear uh i'm no i'm no expert but uh it, it would appear that the uh, chinese uh, government and society at large is evolving into the expectations of the uh kind of world order of the uh jewish revolutionary spirit yep. would uh, like to see happen it's the uh, yep. it's the uh, they're they're the proxy manifestation yep. the proxy manifestation for uh what uh they would like to see the rest of the uh, global world order uh, uh, socialize as, I guess. That would and be see, I, and I think
0: that, they, that they've been working on that for 20-something years, and it's been going along real good. Everybody's getting real fat. And all of their little little inroads and all their theft of intellectual property and all that other stuff. And all of a sudden, here comes Mr. Trump onto the scene and starts putting his foot down and tearing all this apart. And I believe what you're seeing right now. Because now coming up to a point of where where he's in re-election, okay. And this isn't a Trump campaign committee. I'm just making an observation here from somebody that kind of uh-huh. knows what yeah. they're talking about anyway. And I see yeah. this as their do-or-die deal in implementing the period of escalating violence and the four stages that they used to take over countries with. They're now utilizing to attempt to take over the world, and the reason is, if he gets re-elected and they get both houses of Congress. In four years, they'll never rebuild this thing. I believe it's they're going for the golden ring, and it, and the more you look into it, and uh, really objectively, it falls under that rubric, the period of escalating violence. Why else would you be letting criminals out of jail, uh, letting these abs- in, in these certain areas controlled by minions, these same people, letting these people absolutely... Go to carnage as we've seen in the worst times of history in the world. It's happening right now. It's been happening in front of our faces for two months. Uh,
1: at the very least, yeah, I would agree with that. At the at the very least, you're being you're being quite kind and conservative in your in your estimates on that. Uh, I I say it, it really got rolling uh, on a on a real action plan with uh, Kissinger myself back in about nineteen. Uh, 19-
0: Uh, when they 72
1: uh, 73 under Nixon under Nixon and you see now this
0: explains something and it explains that book ways that are dark in the 30s because when that very accurate book came out it was totally panned by the establishment why because they knew what they were going to do with China in the future and they didn't want any bad press on it who was the establishment at that time who, who, Say the same ones that bankrupted and, I mean, the country. I, I mean, the same ones behind. Okay. You know, listen. That brings up. Let me just read okay. this, Daryl. I read a piece of it. You you were asking about it the other day. The, spe- the speech from May the eighth by McFadden. By Mc- well, I was reading a little more of it. I found it, yeah. Yeah, I was reading a little more of it the other night, and I, the last paragraph here, and, and it was on my mind. So I'm glad it m- moved over to this. Let me read just a little bit of this. And this is Congressman Lewis T. McFadden. Banker in his previous career elected to Congress from Pennsylvania the very first year or two. He was there He was put in charge of the House Banking Committee, which they used to have and For the rest until they killed him. He was chairman of that committee This is him right at the end of his life before they murdered him on the fourth attempt Get a little sip of water there. It might be well to observe that those who for 15 years have planned this specific legislation, which is now operating to take over and control the most intimate affairs of our national life, must have foreseen the conditions under which they could make such a plan possible. He's saying, well, look, they they passed all the setup legislation. They must have known what they were doing. Because now we know how they operate, okay? Therefore, it is reasonable to assume that they had some direct part in bringing about the conditions which make it possible to place the quote-unquote plan in operation. There has not been an administration since our advent into the Great World War in which Bernard M. Baruch has not been a chief political advisor, and every administration that has listened to him has carried us deeper and deeper into financial chaos. And today, we're operating on his greatest experiment, a planned economy and an industrial and agricultural control. The juggernaut has been built, and it's being moved on its cumbersome wheels. It is only a matter of time until it will give its lurch and roll upon and crush those who have built it of course meaning the people not the perpetrators anyway that just here's here's mcfadden looking back and saying basically what we've come to understand they always do something but they have to set it up because they can't do it in one action so they have one maybe two uh usually at the most set up maneuvers okay because it's just like in the way when I, I remember when I first started thinking about this, Daryl, and trying to understand it and really putting it together. Of course, I was in sales all my life. And if you go through sales training, they teach you to visualize the scene you're going into, wh- what you're going to say, the questions you're going to ask, etc. So you've got the whole set thing set up when you walk in like dominoes, and then you try and execute it where the dominoes fall exactly the way they were set up. And that's all they're doing.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a, it's very remarkable that uh, Congress Lewis T McFadden was so uh, concise and precise about uh, the plan, those who are perpetrating it, and its uh, 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 its effects in a, in a time period uh when th- there was not near the information or history and documentation that we've had since his death right and how remarkable is it for a man who can come to these astute and concise uh, observations and conclusions in that with that in that time frame with that amount of information and how 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 does that compare to people for the last 75 years can't see any of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that was, you know, I I, mean, it's
1: just one
0: of those things that God just sent me, man. And because I just saw that I'd read a little bit about him. It's in the first few months I was in this and you couldn't go online and order anything because the internet wasn't up like that yet. So I, every place that I remember when I first went to my very first meeting there, Phil Marsh, and uh, finally got my hands on his book and some other th- uh, pieces of literature he had there. And I started reading. And every time it had referenced someplace, I remember Christian Omni Bookstore, uh, which I think is still around. Um, and I'd write him, because that's what we had to do back then, write him a letter and say, please send me a list of everything you've got available. And I started compiling lists of resources, and that book, I'd read a little bit about McFadden, I guess, in Phil Marsh's book, and, and I saw that 31 Collective Speeches, and I bought it. Now, I, I still have that book. I carry it with me. don't open it up too much, Mm -hmm. but I've got it. That's how that's, you know, your library. Well, that's kind of my library, that in the Bible, you know, in my book. (laughs) And uh, so keep it by your bedside. But I remember reading it and I was really green and didn't understand uh, most of it, honestly, at the time uh because he goes into the yeah. formation of the BIS and all these things that are happening. We weren't I wasn't even privy to those things really yet. So uh it, it left my head spinning, but I read all the way through it and uh later on went back and pulled some of the excerpts out. But I would highly recommend that book for anybody's library, The Thirty One It's called The Thirty One Collective Speeches of Congressman Lewis T. McFadden, if you can find it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, i'd uh, I'd like to maybe someday see a copy of that. You know, um, this is a, you know quite an interesting time. Uh, <clears throat> uh, well, actually, uh, in the last one hundred and fifty years, if you dig it, dig in at any spot and actually dig in, you find that at, at every point in the last one hundred and fifty years, it's been very interesting. Um, and uh, so we have uh, his reference to Mr. Uh, Barney Baruch here. And and the uh, the Great War, and uh, you know the Great War was uh, served many purposes in, in many places around the globe. Uh, fundamentally, it it changed the character and nature of the uh, the American people and its relationship to uh, its its. Uh, its relationship to the government and its worldview. It, it had highly modified. The, the people were highly propagandized into that war and almost compelled and forced through propaganda into it. And well, remember, uh, it's never been the same after. Remember a- afterwards, it, Wilson, it overcame.
0: Wilson ran on the platform. He wouldn't get, he hadn't got you into the war.
1: And then it the would, minute he, he got reelected, he, he turned. Into war. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no. There's no truth in advertising, and you can't hold a politician accountable to uh, his advertisements. So, um, boy, uh, we. Do but, you, you know, there's a rock and roll song that says we won't be fooled again. Do you know so, there, there's um, a rule
0: in Congress that they can't be prosecuted for lying?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. And there's, there's also a rule they can't be prosecuted for insider trading. As a right. matter of fact, it's perfectly legal for them. So I mean, this is this is the evidence. I don't I don't really care what sort of romantic, nostalgic uh, <laughs> mythology that people walk around within their brains about you know blathering out their programming. I just I you know I I I'm an engineer to some degrees, and I, I reverse engineer things. I look at the evidence, and then I reverse engineer them. Yeah, and, me uh, too, Daryl. That's that's really all I'm. Do-
0: that's the way that's, I do. That's it. That's really too.
1: all I'm doing. Yeah. Well uh, let me ask I just you, I just look at evidence let me ask so. you
0: about your headsets because I'm really impressed with the sound that you're putting out oh, really? and I mean listen, you've been on regular okay. for for a long time, so when you have an abrupt yeah. change like that uh what uh, what brand did you buy and what is it
1: well, i'll just lay it out for you here i'm on uh, I'm on jitsi with you obviously yeah I have a uh I have a wireless gaming headset. Uh-huh. It's called uh it's called a uh the manufacturer is MPOW, MPOW. M-P-O-W. It's a wireless gaming headset. Uh, uh it cost me $65 uh in uh, US currency. And uh, you can write this down if you want. Uh the model number is BH4 15A. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's got its own uh, uh thumb drive sized antenna you plug into a USB port. Uh it uh that's all you have to do. You don't have to link it through a Wi-Fi or do any other mm-hmm. uh, uh rigmarole mm-hmm. And um the the audio quality uh as far as hearing is amazing. It has its own volume control. You can also uh, connect it with a 3.5 millimeter jack into your computer or other device. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't really hear myself. So I'm right. glad to hear that the, uh, the Fidelity is good. It is. So, it is,
0: And I'm glad you said that the rec- receiving part was, was good too. The speaking part is just really good. So that whoever uh, put that out, has got a good product out there. And it's a noticeable difference. At least to me, I'm sure the audience. Yeah, and too. Yeah, good yeah. deal. Well, yeah, didn't mean well, to deviate I'm, too much, I but would, I'm, I'm so impressed. Well, for with some it. reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, you know, yesterday when Bob called in, and the problem is that he's got a little dinky, some kind of phone, it, whatever, it, it sounded better, I think, on Skype than it does through Jitsi, but you could hear it's a noticeable difference. And, of course, Bob's always got valuable things to illuminate and say and oh, bring yeah. to the table, and I, I, everybody yeah. wants to hear him, you know, and it was very faint. So uh, refreshing uh, on your end this morning, Daryl. That's a good, uh, good step, good purchase.
1: Well you you put up with me for uh, a lot of years with my uh satellite <laughs> my satellite standing <laughs> on one leg and go and going outside and coming in and, uh, <laughs> and the echoes and govern
0: go getting the door so, jam I don't know maybe getting the door jam maybe, <laughs> maybe
1: maybe everybody's hearing me f- as as I actually sound for the first time, my my apologies for all no. the listeners. Well, that's okay, uh, yeah. man.
0: We know you had limitations, so. and uh, I just at this stage oh, it boy. is the content <laughs> of what is said. But I try and maximize the fidelity, and part of the reason is because of my radio background, of course, and the other is because of those years I suffered through WWCR. Okay. And I mean I listen to programs on WWCR that I guarantee you 85 to 90% of you wouldn't listen to cuz you couldn't have okay and I'd sit there I'd, all that shortwave noise just to pick out some little, yeah. little important tidbit that I was
1: frothing at the mouth to get my hands on Well I I have to I have a confession here I'm a uh as uh, as far as uh, internet and uh the interviews and language, I'm a snob. It, it's, it really, maybe I don't show it, but it really gets under my skin and I I have to kind of control myself because I'm trying to understand what people are saying. I'm trying to get the context. I'm trying to get the nuance. These things are important. And, you know, uh, if you agree it, it with just me. really it just really gets into my yeah it gets into my skin see if you so, agree with me or see anyway. if it's a,
0: if it 's that kind of a signal you can 't pay full attention to what 's being said because you 're having to filter through all that white noise, okay so your mind's having to f- get put the filter up and you 're just not getting everything, and I try and alleviate that as much as possible here, so i 'm glad you made that move. Um, let's see what else is uh, w- what else is on the plate that's worth uh, kicking around this morning. Gold well, touched 1,800 I, I just, and they knocked it down I, I promptly. Knocked, so go ahead and yeah. what, what's on your plate there.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to uh, just kind of finish that up a little bit, what I was uh, referring to earlier about uh, uh, the Great War and the build-up to it. Um, this one of the big things that this accomplished was it overcame a, a national understanding of the people about not being in wars. They, they, these people didn't want to be in a war, the society at large, and they were driven into it. And, and since then that's all we've done is be in wars. Yeah, that's right. And, and what this, what this overcame and broke in the in the psyche and the consciousness of the people and the culture at large uh, that allowed all these other wars to go on is it overcame a movement or a a, a base I don't know if it was really a movement it was just an understanding that it was America first and America first means that you kept your nose out of the people's business okay that was the America first that was Lindbergh that was Ford it had to do with taking care of the, business at home and not bothering the rest of the world and and prior uh, during this time if you did if you would have i i I just want to get some uh, some context to uh, what these people were like if you would walked up to somebody an american in in a city or a rural community anywhere and asked them if they were a conservative they would have they would have said well what the hell are you talking about they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have related to the idea of being a conservative. What do you What do you mean? If you'd asked somebody in the '30s, "Are you a conservative?" They would have said, "What are you talking about?" Well, explain yourself. See what I'm See what I'm saying here. Yep. This is This is very important. Is that by the destruction, the destruction of the American first and a non-interventionist, non-war perspective of bringing bringing forward a a monetary system and a a political thinking system to where you agreed with back in the late 30s and 40s and going forward that it was appropriate, uh, nay a duty, a mission to globally interfere in everybody else. And this is when conservatism came in. Conservatism comes in. Conservatism comes in during the post-Dewey election. This is when conservatism, this idea of conservatism comes in. Before that, it didn't exist. It was America first.
0: You know, uh, as you're talking about that time frame, turn of the century, last century, uh, decade, before and a decade after, 20 years is not too long i remember 911 wasn't too long ago okay um mm-hmm. they were still smarting and trying to heal the wounds from their internal war the civil war i mean plessy versus ferguson was in a- a- 1894 okay so we still had jim crow laws solid uh it was still very obvious the the, the war that was 40, 50 years before that, and the effects, as the guy, that Atlantic, tra- Atlanta traffic helicopter guy used to say, the memory still lingered, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. they didn't want to get in no foreign war.
1: Right. Well, this is, you know, <laughs> I, I the reason I think some of these conversations in this regard are important is – People, even even people that are, are trying to wake up, have woken up, uh, you know, they're at different stages and places, still are working on assumptions that are incorrect. OK. Yep. yep. And and I, I try to I try to bring out these little these little nuances of context and that completely alter perspective. Uh, so, I mean, uh, here, here, have you ever asked yourself this question? Well, who writes the history? Well, we always say the winners write the history. This is true. Well, well, who wrote the history after World War I and World War II? Uh, British Jews <laughs> or their media did. Uh, the academics that were educated in their institutions did. So if if the British Jewish narrative is what wrote the history and and codified it into society's history, uh, Uh, mind and assumption it's it's perspective Uh, well do you really know anything meaningful about the history you were taught well Well, the evidence says no
0: (laughs) i mean you know i've been the last uh, few days i've been watching a number of don livingston talks don livingston uh, phd from emory one of the co-founders of the league of the south has now split off with some of his fellows and founded the Abbeyville Institute over there in Charleston. And he's got a number of lectures on the web. And I was watching one. Uh, they're all about civil war. And I was, I'm in the middle of one on the 14th Amendment and centralization. And I always find out really interesting tidbits listening to Don Livingston. And uh, the one that shocked me, though, the other night on – talking about, and I, I don't remember which topic it was on, which one of his tapes, but he was talking, I guess, slavery. Did you know that they owned the black slaves as property, but they only owned their labor? They actually had due process rights that were recognized, and he went through two or three cases that went all the way up to the Supreme Court of the States, in which one, uh, two of them, the black slave was accused of murdering the master poisoning them or something and uh it was just very, it was shocking to me because i've never seen that aspect of this anywhere i thought it was uh you know a totally owned thing but evidently as today in some semblance under the 14th amendment that your civil rights include due process on stuff and it was recognized some very interesting information in some of those Don Livingston uh, lectures. It's just too bad that he doesn't get what we've got because he's so studied and it's right in front of him. And he keeps preferring to all these things, you know, and yet he didn't put it together. Okay, And you know why he doesn't have it together, I believe, Daryl, is because he doesn't equate yeah. it with the feudal system. He doesn't understand that, and he talks about birthright citizenship all through there, that that was one of the tail markings and the unique aspects of the feudal system. And once they got that in, because it drove the whole system, if you really analyze it, they had to perpetuate it. They perpetuated it through the property that they owned, including the serfs. You know, and so yeah, well, uh, they, they if, used to, if you, well, uh, sorry, they, if you don't make that connection, if you don't make that connection, your shadow boxing, as Glenn said, you'll, yeah. you can have it right in here's front the, of you here, and you'll never see it.
1: Here's the connection that you're, you're talking to directly. And, and just let me, uh, just let me, uh, <laughs> recapitulate it for anybody that's not connecting what you're saying. They, they brought in the feudal system and masked it with the UCC, okay? Uh, it's, it's, the, the feudal system has been turned into um, the uh, uh, Uniform Commercial Code and, and its application and, and well, uh, purview over you. And, and, and
0: I, I know you've and, never seen so, this document. Yeah. I've talked about it. If i ever write Mm -hmm. that second book it'll be in there and that's a two-page handout that john gave us in those seminars and what it does is it breaks down all the known systems of law there's about seven eight of them and it shows them in columns over on the left it shows the system of law king's bench the equity maritime admiralty because back then they were separate and it goes through all that. Then it goes down in the next column, the person that presided over that court and what they called him. And they weren't all called the same. One of them's called a justice. One of them called a minister, et cetera, et cetera. Then they go down into a column of the uh, uh, of the different. Uh, 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 actions that were used, you know, in common law, there's eight, eight actions, debt, retinue, and a couple of others don't know them well, wish Brent would elaborate on them. They're still in operation, but down in equity, those were called different. They were called bills and this and that, and the process was different. It was called different. And then over on the right side, there's a column of remedies. Okay. And hardly any of the remedies are the same. All right, but there's only two jurisdictions in the history of the planet where the Uniform Commercial Code, we call it, the law merchant, the Babylonian merchant code, whichever one of those you want to identify it as, they're all the same thing. There's only two jurisdictions that's ever been used in in history. One of them is the law merchant itself. And the other one is the manorial system that man, every feud had its own legal system, and what they used was the law merchant.
1: Yeah, okay. So let's let's make a really important point right there, because uh, everything you said was really clear. And who's the sovereign? Sovereign. the 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 evidence shows is the sovereign power in this country. And and large tracts of the world at this very moment. Who is the sovereign power? Well, it's it's not your national governments. They're not the sovereign power. It's the merchant. This is an important word. Merchant bankers using merchant law. Yep, that's it. Merchant and- bankers are the sovereign powers. The, the evidence. I, I don't. I don't really care what. Any blathering Harvard grad or any of these other uh, experts are saying they're not addressing the evidence. The evidence is that the merchant bankers are the sovereign powers. Now I'm willing to discuss it, but uh, you're you're going to to change my mind. You're going to have to rebut it with with evidence. And uh, let me relate. I, I think that.
0: I'm not going to evident rebut it. I'm going to confirm it. And this is something John used to a little story. I've mentioned it before. If you've heard it before, listen again, it's important. Uh, If you go to the Bible in revelation, it says they've taken over the nations with their sorcery. Now what John says, go to the dictionary and look up under sorcery. And as usual, there's a number of different definitions there. And one of them, was chance, sorcery, chance? Okay, and he said, Kinda "Could like it?" Game theory? Yeah, he said, <laughs> "Could it be that their chant is UCC UCC that's very, UCC?" That's very clever. Let's
1: see. Well, listen. Uh, here, here's the fact. Here, here's, here's the facts and the, and the evidence that are supported by the facts Jews have always since they've been uh, kicked out of uh out of their homeland the diaspora Jews have opposed all nationalism except for them yeah they have opposed all nationalism except for them and 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 so here we have uh I, I I hate if I I apologize if I'm overusing this this expression and you know, I'm going to a little twist on it here. This is this is the the Christian and American culture taking on a sadomasochic self-punishment, self-abuse mentality in that they're not supporting their own nationalism, but yet they support Israel's nationalism. Yeah. how how confused does somebody have to be? How conflated and twisted and knotted is your perspective have to be if you think and believe and feel and support a Jewish nationalism? But not an american nationalism this mm-hmm. is how twisted this is
0: no hypocrisy there i called the syndrome i wondered who had joined us there listen to that chris is calling in now you called in on the phone you're not using your jitsi app today
3: well i have just not i'm traveling except what i could do but uh i'll get that jitsi app working better but i still say that Uh, What Daryl just defined is also termed Stockholm Syndrome, love your abuser. And we seem to be doing that. We keep paying them, giving them boatloads of money every year, and it's a little sandbox in the desert that sent all their agents here to undermine our government, and we're thanking them for it profusely substantial financial things are
0: you kidding me the way they've got a lot of those loans structured when they run them through congress back especially when they were more in control i read years ago they got them structured where they're never never to be paid back they're just giving them the funds and the way they've got the mechanics of it they never get paid back it's just theft 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 theft.
1: lies you mean like you mean like the loans you mean like the loans that the British took out? I mean, like, lease and and World, World War II, and then they never paid back.
0: How about the loans that we just gave out to all these small businesses, with so many employers had five hundred billion dollars worth that went to a bunch of damn well, hedge funds?
1: Did we did we give them the did we do that, or did the Federal Reserve do that? The Federal Reserve. Are we did conflating we with them? Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Well, the the only. Yeah. The only. The only continuity between the Federal Reserve and we is if you're a U.S. citizen and collateral, okay. And and how how much longer how much longer do you have to get your your butt handed to you, and and suffer and be abused? At what corner do you have to be pushed into before you find your nerve not to uh, continue to do that? Facilitate facilitate we're and we're, uh, we're getting there subsidized that, well listen subsidized, you, can, so, you can see yeah.
0: the fork in the road it's yeah. coming uh who joined us there number 11 number two hello probably me hey there's bob robert the aforementioned hey man
2: me. oh i was just going to pick a net i'm not sure Krista, for that you could say stockholm syndrome because i think in a stockholm syndrome you got to know who your oppressor is we have no clue i say we in the general sense good point it's hidden it's not hidden it's right out in the open but we simply don't we i'm using that term advisedly i understand the nation the state the united states corporation of course understands it but the people who bow in subservience to it have no idea who their oppressors are yeah and they the oppressors like it
0: that way (laughs) they sure do and they get a kick out of it because they know they put it right in front of you and you don't see it so that gives them the rationalization to continue doing it
1: i was going to uh i was going to maybe kind of address that a little bit i I appreciate what chris was saying uh a couple years ago i haven't said this for a long time it might have been as long ago as three years ago and i described what was going on sociologically and psychologically as a hybrid the hybrid is aspects of it are the stockholm syndrome that's one aspect of it the other part the, the part that you're addressing uh, bob that people uh, i've never really heard anybody else bring this out is that they've they've made a hybrid a hybrid psychological operation between the stockholm syndrome and munchausen by proxy and <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, and, and I, I mean, I'm not quite, in, a, I'm not quite in a way. It's funny in the irony uh, of yeah. it.
1: I'm, I'm quite serious wow. about it. And, yeah, and, and, I understand uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If, and, if, you, if you don't understand Munchausen by proxy, spend a little time. You know, it, we could go on for quite a while about it, but actually just, you know, do a little web search, spend a little time, read on it for a half an hour, and then read the Stockholm Syndrome and then, you know, uh, blend the two together, so uh, you you have oh, a perpetrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have a perpetrator that isn't. Go ahead. The, setting it Go ahead. the Go ahead,
0: bo- my Bob, you do it. You got the you got the weakest Go transmission. Ahead. Go.
2: Well, what you were saying about you know Munchausen by proxy? I mean, when you look at the idea that they keep. They, whoever they are, Zionists. Let's just say that for simplicity. They keep putting these things out there that are harbingers that tell you what's coming, yep. and we're not seeing it. You know, so we obviously need rescue. You know, in that sense, That's kind of a Munchausens by proxy, like you say, We're they're they're living through us, our pathos. You know, they're they're inciting our patho- our pathetic nature and
1: then saying well gosh we got to go rescue them because they obviously can't rescue themselves i've got it just 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 briefly one of the one of the major aspects of a munchausen by proxy uh situation would be a mother who makes her own children sick poisoning them um, and and then uh taking them to the doctor and the doctors really can't figure it out and then miraculously, the mother, just before the child dies, is able to uh, save the child. And this draws attention back to the mother as being a heroine, as uh, yes. the, uh, the rescuer. And they receive adulation and praise and, and attention. Okay, now, now think sure. about this. Okay, what is the government doing? They are perpetrating causing situations to occur it has a little bit of a Hegelian dialectic feel to it, okay, but they they do these things and then they come in and, and ostensibly provide a plan and rescue and then they heap praise upon themselves and and so this is that, that munchin by proxy uh, Munchausen by well, proxy look at now here
2: ambition, yeah.
1: Let, yeah. let me with help
2: the masks and with the- help Help, Chris.
3: Help, Chris. Help. How about how about Munchausen Stockholm Syndrome by proxy? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> and, proxies. And then we've also got another one. How about the fire bugs that work for the BLM that set the fires and then blame the people that they set the yeah. fires on their property for putting them out? Right. That would be pyromanic Munchausen arson by proxy. <laughs>
0: let's okay. not let's not take this too far hey. down the rabbit hole
1: you're well i i'm just i'm just trying to i'm just trying to give a, a sort of a reasonable uh, explanation based upon prior known uh uh behaviors uh psychological behaviors criminal psychological behaviors uh the stockholm syndrome the stockholm syndrome simply simply the simple version here the bullet point cornbread version is participating in your your own abuse through learned helplessness. This is the Stockholm Syndrome. Participating in your own abuse through learned helplessness and then identifying with your overlords to support their agenda. You
2: know, it it got the name Stockholm Syndrome for a reason. I've never studied it particularly, but the one I think of in particular about when – I hear that term is Patty Hearst.
0: Well, she's the one that developed it. That's where they started really applying that. Yeah.
1: The Stockholm syndrome. We used to teach this. Uh, I've, I've studied it uh, too much. Uh, I used to have to teach it in uh, as part of our aviation ground schools in case we were held hostage in a hijacking. You, you had to have a basic understanding of the uh, Stockholm syndrome where you begin to identify with your captors. You internalize their uh, methods and objectives as being valid and support them. And in fact, you will actually, if you're overtaken by it, you will you will come to be one of them. Now, this was seen uh, in the Patty Hearst situation, but the Stockholm Syndrome is a real incident that happened in a bank in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I'm not sure. I think the, they had these people held captive in there a couple dozen of them for like a month. And when they, when they were released, uh, most of the people in there were on the bank robbers' side. <laughs> okay. And, and the, and the bank robbers weren't really mean to them. Okay. The, the bank robber, bank robbers in that Stockholm situation were actually rather in some ways, uh, charismatic in being able to, The uh, Um, people's allegiances over to them,
0: Robin Uh, Hoodish. Because Robin Hoodish, Robin Robin Hoodish,
1: they were, were, yeah, they were feeding them, they were providing them with their basic necessities. Kind of like, you know, when that uh, red boat hound dog that I had a couple years ago showed up hungry and starved, and I took care of him. Well, he, he started to identify with me, okay so this the the Stockholm syndrome is incredibly powerful it's a very important thing, and the point that I'm trying to make here is that part of your mind, maybe not so many people on this call, but some of the listeners uh, this has affected your thinking, okay it has muddled it and and uh, uh, y- you have to ask yourself these questions, you know, what do I have wrong? If, if a lot of this is confusing to you, you still have things that are wrong. There's
0: a lot of muddle thinking okay. out there right now. And and one thing that came to my mind when y'all were talking about that is what my, uh, guy that was the shaman uh, in training that I came in contact with in Argentina, who'd been studying power from the spiritual side for 20 years. Diego was his name. And he, uh, one thing I remember him saying is they always put it right in front of you. And then, surround it yeah. with mystery and unknown and and all of the the intrigue and stuff, but all the while it's right there in front of you. Another thing that I keep well, thinking about that I've never heard anybody else pin down is that they always put the hook right at the start. I'm talking about more of their legislation and stuff, but they always stick the hook. Right at the start, and I give you example after example after example. They'll take Title 26, the Code of Federal Regulations, and have that thing 10,000 pages of gobbledygook. And right there on the first page is the answer. But they got you digging through all that crap, trying to decipher it with words yeah. you don't even understand the damn well, definitions to.
1: Roger. Roger, listen. Uh, I, I can I can um, I can obliterate uh, all those all those acts of of, of uh, Congress and legislation with one sentence. Okay, and uh, acts of Congress do not apply to citizens of the states. Any questions? No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, so all that all that gobbledygook just went away. Okay. Um. <laughs> Listen, there's a pretty <laughs> <so> important <laughs> Supreme Court decision
0: yesterday I wanted to be sure to discuss. Did you you guys see that, the 9-0 decision? Didn't see it. No, I was worried. Um, well, first of all, it's unusual to have a 9-0 decision on that diversified bunch of folks up there, period. Okay? So it had to be something of some importance to shift them all to one side, and it was electoral college stuff. And what the forces are trying to do now is come in, and uh, a- and this was the decision at the court, evidently, that there's two ways of approaching the electoral college. One is, and it, it depends on the state, the state can tell the electoral college to vote the way the state's electors vote or the states can tell the electoral college to vote the way the popular election goes and uh, so we're going to see but that was a decision on the Supreme Court I I just kind of have the peripheries of it I don't have the heart of it but that's what it was about and I thought it was very unusual for them to have a unanimous decision on
1: anything Well, I I can't imagine that any of it's any good for the the general population. Well, until, you
0: know, and like Cody, Cody sent me some stuff over the weekend. You know, Cody, we're still nursing him along a little bit. And he keeps getting excited about things like these guys in Virginia getting up there Saturday and having a second declaration of independence that they've written. Um, and I, I keep trying to tell Cody they are a bunch of serfs, you know, the system is never going to recognize a bunch of serfs getting together and uprising against the Lord of the manor. And let's face it, they got the funds and they got the guns. And if you think a rowdy little bunch of guys in Virginia are going to come back and get that through and get, I mean, you're, it's pipe dream stuff. You know, and that's what I try and emphasize on here is cut through all of that crap and start concentrating on something that does make a difference. And what makes a difference is that them they know how many people do know what the scam is and have opted out. Now, that's something they understand, and they can't come back at you with guns. And, in fact, they can't do anything to you, it seems, Okay. So let's spend our time oh. on things that are important that can have an effect.
1: Well, I agree. Uh, I uh, and uh, as a as a nod to Cody, uh, I actually looked at a lot of what he sent me, and I watched these guys, and I listened to them, and um, I, uh, I i sort of I sort of had that sad big brother feeling. It's like, boy, could could you could we all get together and just have a little conversation and and give me, uh, give me, uh, give me a half an hour to ask you a few, a few questions. And, and uh, uh, maybe, you know, these guys actually think they know something and uh, uh, they're, they're going to, uh, well, they're, they're shadow boxing. Like you like to say, Uh, they're, they're definitely shadow boxing. And I mean, I appreciate what they're trying to do. I understand why they're doing what they're doing, but, they're they're trying to go full throttle and they don't have a direction. They they think they understand, but they don't. It isn't it isn't what they know that's killing them or will kill them. It's what they think they know that just ain't so, <laughs> and and it's going to get them. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna spend years and a lot of energy and effort, and they're going to get in trouble, and they're going to get older and they're going to lose resources, and they're wasting their time, uh, not not with intent. The intent's fine but they they're in too impatient to actually learn something. And, uh, and of course, in, in all these movements, you have these, these one or two of these guys that stand out and say, I'm your leader. <laughs> okay. And anytime, anytime you hear somebody say, I, I'm the leader, run. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> my dad, my dad had a had a little Xerox thing in his office. I've still got it actually, and it was a little cartoon of a guy at a desk, and and it shows there on the edge of the paper, there's a dust storm being kicked up, and you see people's feet leave exiting the paper, you know, and the guy is sitting there, and the caption is, "There go my people. I must rush after them, for I am their leader." <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm just right. Yeah. I- <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, in in very short order, in very short order, even if these guys were semi successful in some some means or manner, you would you would have these guys uh, pulling off the same kind of garbage that uh, they're they're protesting against now. Uh, And and so. You, there's no shortcut There's no shortcut to uh, educating yourself and actually you know, being able to defend yourself. There's and, an idea,
0: uh, a, idea that yeah. our adversaries are floating up there that we want to change the national anthem to John Lennon's Imagine. I don't know if you've seen that or not. They're floating all kinds of crap, but that's one of them. And, of course, if you go back uh, uh, to that song, uh, Imagine No Possessions, of course, it's the communist theme song. Uh, But let's take that idea and the concept and let's imagine. Let's imagine that if maybe 150 million people filed affidavits with the secretary of state, you think we'd have their attention?
1: Yeah, I I think if you had, I think if you had 5 million do it, you'd uh, you'd get their attention. Uh, Listen, uh, until, okay, here's what has to happen, okay? Here's what has to happen. You have to have uh sovereign money, debt free. You have to have uh a Republican form of government that was basically uh uh founded upon the, the principles of the Articles of Confederation and the perpetual union where every state the federal government was required see there was a federal government prior to the Articles of Confederation. Okay. It just didn't it just didn't have hegemony over the states. And um, so you'd have to have a a Republican form of government. You'd have to have sovereign debt free money and you would have to have to uh, abrogate uh, all of these administrative agencies and administrative law. And then at this point, at this point, you wouldn't have a a socialist, uh, a democratic socialist uh, state. So at this point, we have a democratic socialist nation. Uh, It was it was solidified. Uh, under the my perspective is, is when it was really locked down was the Internal Revenue Act in the forties, yeah. which made it a absolutely a democracy and a socialist democracy. At that point, it became a socialist democracy. Uh, I would, I, I would, I, uh, I would
0: argue on the date a little bit, and I would shift it forward okay. about fifteen years to nineteen fifty four. Uh,
1: that was.
0: It was within yeah. 60 days after Brown versus Board of Education. So in yeah. the 40s, well, what they did, in 1940 was they hid the state citizen over an American Samoa in the Nationality Act in 1940 with all that convoluted language there at the very start. I mean, and once again, there's my example. And that was one of the things that triggered me when I put that together. Right there at the start of the Nationality Act. Now, this is in the statutes at large. This isn't over in the U.S. Code. And it starts the act with definitions. And the very first definition, A, is a U.S. national owes total allegiance to a small-s state. Well, there it is right there. Okay. And then the rest of all the gobbledygook follows. There's a couple other important definitions there. But that's when they hit it over in American Samoa. It set, Let me clarify that. That was what set it up. We talked earlier about them doing things in two or three stages. The 1940 Act Mm -hmm. was where they set it up in the statutes at large with the convoluted language where they could move it over to the United States Code and say a U.S. national is someone born in American Samoa, St. Kitts Island, or the outlying territories. And that's what's in the United States Code. And the outlying territories were defined over there in the statutes at large in 1940 when they hit it. Okay, That's how they do stuff, but they waited until Brown versus Board when they slammed everybody down into one of the two statuses or made you think that's what you are, and then two months later, they put the Internal Revenue Code of 54 in, and that's the one we're under
1: today. At that point, uh, you uh, – the, the I, gate – You've been in the, you're in the corral and the gate's been closed Correct. and you have a democratic socialist, uh, government. And, um, and, so uh, these things, who, until these things are addressed and overturned, okay, who? uh, th- you, th- that's going to continue to be that situation. But the only way you can, the only way that can be done is you have to reoccupy the state,
0: this ground, um, you got to reoccupy the ground, you can't stand outside and say "I belong in there you know
1: you can't be a you can't be a serf and tell the Lord of the manor that uh he's got it wrong Correct. you, you have to reoccupy what uh what ground is available for you and, and, it's, and it's always been there, and I don't know uh I, I guess I'm You've, I guess I'm living proof of it to some degree.
0: You've given uh, them your consent your whole life. Let me tell you how I can prove that about the 1954 code. And if you go back and you learn about regulations and you ever go in there and start looking at regulations, down at the bottom of the regulation, if it is from a previous regulation, there's a bracket and it tells you wh- wh- what regulation was previous and i did a lot of that research i didn't understand the significance of it at the time because i was in the throes of battle so chris knows about that but now i can look back on it and every time i was tracing those regulations back if they always stopped at 1954 they never went previous to 1954 boom 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 and uh Those were all, of course, every IRS regulation I've learned subsequently, and I mean every one of them, kids, they charge you with and everything else. If you go back and trace them and understand regulations, they're what's called interpretive regulations. And those regulations are not for the public at large. So they're internal regulations that the IRS assigns itself is what they're charging you with, okay? Okay. And it all goes back to one thing that John, especially after John's death, Glenn has learned, is it is a voluntary system, the tax system. When they said it's voluntary, they're telling absolutely the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 made for it's made for uh, U.S. citizens who are residents.
0: Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. There yep. You're... And or residents. Now, right. interestingly, if you go to that Title Twenty Six little deal on the first page where it lays out the two statuses, non-resident, alien, citizens of the United States, and residents. And if you flip over one more page, they have a series of questions in there that are supposed to be helpful, obviously. And one of the questions is, who is a citizen? And right there it says anyone born under, uh, uh, in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction.
1: Or, or naturalized right
0: yeah well i don't think it says naturalized or whatever it said but it just paraphrases the 14th amendment um
1: yeah so when let's say you're a foreigner and you you come here and you become naturalized okay uh well what are you a citizen of
0: the federal when government you
1: become naturalized the federal government yeah yeah And so, so you, you become naturalized, uh, and, uh, you live in, uh, you, you actually move your family and you move to, uh, let me pick one here, Ohio.
0: The outlying territory. So are you a
1: state, are you, yeah, are you, are you a state citizen of Ohio then? No, you're a resident of Ohio. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Uh. Well, you know i i like to i like to right. sort of work through some of these simple, simple examples well let's, of, go of be, let's go back and be let's go back and be even
0: more explicit in the old days if you moved to Ohio, you were a citizen of Ohio first and a citizen of the nation second called the United States of America but they, they the the federal people had no jurisdiction so after the 14th amendment when they gave them the status acting as a god if you will now they're federal citizens first and their state citizens second but only if you reside
1: they switched them yeah well what one, one became inferior another one became superior yep. and uh Bible inversion, saying, inversion will, is always a, a trick of the devil.
0: What does it say? He will become the head <laughs> and you will become the tail? Isn't that what it says?
1: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. It, it, inversion is is a is a fundamental principle in the occult. And uh so <laughs> It's uh, it, it's really important. So here's because a, because everything
0: something. has a dialectic, and they're playing the dialectic game. This is interesting, Daryl. Do you know when they synthesize uh, uh, one of these chemicals? Okay. Mm-hmm. If you do, you know how they do it. They make a mirror image of it. It's not the original. It's the mirror image of the original. In many respects, the opposite.
1: Yeah. sounds like, sounds like something Newton would have came up with. Um, yeah. Through the looking glass. Um, let's, uh, let's take a, I I came across this word the other day and, uh, uh, the word corporation and, uh, we got Chris on here, so this would be, I'm not, I'm not playing stump to chump. I think it'll just be, I think it'll be fun. Uh, Chris, can can you give uh, some perspective on what you perceive the etymology of the word corporation to be?
3: Well, we know that Are the root word is corpus, which is body, and it's a dead corporate fictitious body, a vessel or body politic, a, a corporate fictitious entity uh, that they call a person. Or an individual is another term they use for a person. Which is in divided into two. It's an individe in duel, uh, although they respell it as duel. And so these are their corporate vehicle and trust it's very
0: things. And let me add, let me events. let me put a button on that that's real important on the individual thing. The reason that they call an individual an individual is because the rights and the duties are contained in the same entity indivisible, the word individual came from the indivisible aspects of rights and duties in the same entity.
2: I agree, agree however, they
3: redefined
0: it. Whoa, whoa, hold it. Two of you are trying to talk. Chris, add yours, and we'll go to Bob. I agree with your observation. I just say they've redefined
3: it in 5 U.S.C. 555. one, I think, is where the definitions are at, yeah. in the Administrative Procedures Act, and the CFR. Yeah,
0: well, it doesn't matter. You just send your paper to the Secretary of State, and none of that junk makes any difference. Bob, what was your comment?
2: To some degree, the idea of incorporation, and corpus, of course, being body, as Chris already said, would be to breathe life into the body. Mm-hmm. So we have this body of men that decide that they wish to become a corporation in the state then breathes life into it, inspires this body to become an entity.
0: I thought it was quite interesting when Kay tried to submit her affidavit to the Secretary of State of connecticut recently and got back a form saying we don't have any record of your business you don't owe any taxes etc that shows you what the federal government in this scheme has turned the states into
2: sub
1: corporation yep yeah uh so uh i like what chris said i like what uh i like what bob brought in on that and because I, I think it fits with uh, how how I'm going to try to bring those two together is uh, we take the word corporation and uh, I'll make this statement about it. It's making the corporeal, making it corporeal by, um, uh, 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 by, uh, by, by well, by speaking it, speaking it into existence, and that would be the uh, 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 the breath. So it's it's making the corporate, making it, making it corporeal by ovation, okay? By ovation, by fiat, uh, speaking. Uh, and, sure is. And so you know, I, I like the because uh, I like the, I like the expression of corporeal by ovation. Because it it combines the word corporate, and uh, so this 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 fictitious entity entity for legally becomes real yes, by right. by fiat by speaking it by breathing it by ovation, and uh, <clears throat> I, I well, just me, found that to be I can't help but very, draw very very. <laughs>
0: I can't help but draw yeah, the ahead. parallel in the Bible about God speaking the world into existence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Breathing, breathing life into it. Yep. Yeah. Somebody joined us.
0: Go ahead, Chris. I've
3: given quite a bit of consideration. and I've come to the conclusion hmm. that going back to ancient Baal and Nimrod and Shamarinus, the corporation is the quintessential whore of babal
1: it's a, is it is it not a golem it's a Don't golem it's a golem
0: a it's a golem i agree with that
1: yeah uh have they c- they can do all their do all their dirty work for them okay so they like uh, that yeah so you know, we, we've kind of bounced around here a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I think these as- these, uh, these these different aspects are important for for people who are trying to uh, get their head around some of these abstract concepts and how they've been applied. So, you know, you can talk about code, statute, and regulation, which tends to give people uh, brain aneurysms. Yep. And so, I think yeah, I think you have to kind of bring in some of the uh, the abstract and and uh, lay it out to where it's this information actually becomes accessible. Uh,
0: when you get back to uh, the I'm foundations, saying... you can start drawing lines and connecting dots. You
1: know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, uh, we you know I don't know. It seems like our we have such a regular. Regular group of folks that get on here and we discuss these intellectual things and these historical and legal and factual things. But the show is really for the new people that are somehow getting turned on to this and and starting to ask questions and see through the fog. And uh, there's some new instructions on having to get in touch with us. Um, and I don't know, I'm just looking at the website and I don't see that they've been posted yet. So I'm not going to go over that litany of stuff. We'll just continue. Um, but one thing you could do if you're that person, the easiest thing to do one of two ways, either go to your browser and type in the meet M E E T period J I T period dot s i dot front slash excuse me si front slash ppn studio sorry to have to go over all that crap you could also go to your cell phone and load jitsi i believe it's technically labeled jitsi meat and uh, load that like chris has and a couple of other folks has and you can in the search thing put ppn studio and it'll Patch you right in. That's probably the easiest, one of the two easiest. Anyway, sorry to have to do that, but if anybody does want a question answered or you've got an observation that you'd like to add, we'd love to entertain you. But I don't get to answer your call anymore. You hey, just uh, kind of pop in there like Bob does. Hey, Bob, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I had to call back. I don't know what happened. Um, just this morning, you know, I've been. my daughter rides to work with me every day and back and is with me at work so she gets pretty steady diet of me whether she likes it or not (laughs) i can see her chafing a bit you know because of her disability if you will of not having a driver's license not having this not having that and it's something we're working on but it's a process as everybody knows and I've been waiting for the right time to say this so it didn't look patronizing. And or she got away to her and she seemed a little more receptive this morning. And I said, look, here's the deal. What if you were a quote-unquote normie? If you were just as benighted and dumb and uh, in a bubble as most people around us? what if you were that person but yet you were happy because in that work in that cosmos you were achieving things you had a job you had a boyfriend you had a you blah 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 just on and on you you went to church on sunday you did the normal things and you were happy and let me emphasize happy is a is a derivation of happenstance it's what happens it's not joy it's happiness and there's a big difference happiness can just leave on a dime and i said you would be happy and you would be wrong (laughs) and you might be 40 or 50 or 60 or go to your grave and never understand what you're supposed to be doing on this earth according to the scriptures and i said on the other hand I think you need to proceed with the idea that if you are in God's hand, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be comfortable in that sense because that would be like telling God, Okay, spiritually I'm retiring now. Don't bother me anymore. Don't 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 inspire me. Don't give me any more pneumos. I don't want it. I'm out of here. I'm retiring. I'm done. I'm just going to sit here and watch. I said, I don't think that works spiritually, and I'm not sure it works vocationally and you know mentally as a person. I don't, I don't know that retirement's biblical. But I said, you know, I, you, you've got to reconcile yourself to the idea that you're not ever going to be particularly happy and content if you're looking for a plateau. If yep. you think it's that a thing you're going to arrive at, if you want the Holy Spirit to leave you alone because you've gotten to a certain point, it's only going to happen if you quit listening. <laughs> so my point is, I'm saying this still to her, my point is you are better off being anxious, if you will, being concerned, Desiring more
0: than to be totally without God's scope, and think you're in it. You know, that Bob. Her
2: something to think
0: about. T- tell her that the truth is a very heavy burden, and that she has had it hoisted on her back at a very young age. And that as she goes through life, she'll be much happier to live in the truth than die in the illusion.
1: Well, Bob, if I might add to that as well, is that it's not a virtue to be content in an unvirtuous world. And um, I think that's that's very important. Uh, I I mean, my own personal circumstances are if, if I would keep my pie hole shut and not kick the dog and leave it all alone, I could be very content. I could... Have a lot more Federal Reserve notes. I, I would. I get a lot more things done. I could be very much more uh, successful in this uh, monetary physical world. But I, my, my spirit is very discontent. I have a discontentedness about me. I'm not. I'm not happy with it. It, it bothers my spirit, and uh, so uh, and, and I. I, I, I really, I pray every morning that he uh, continue to make me just a 10.
0: What frustrates me is the small penetration that we have with our message of truth to the multitudes and the relatively recent experience I had with Dennis over there. And I'm not panning Dennis again, but of his obliviousness to the importance of this, with his seeming dedication to the fight. And it just goes, you know, every day that that I get deeper into this, I come more to the realization that it goes back to that they have not a love of the truth. They're lashing out at the problems. They're not looking for the answers. And the answers is where our power lies.
1: Well, I mean, this is uh, what I'm about to say is going to sound uh, a little arrogant and, uh, and I, uh, I don't really want it to be that way. I don't know how to delic- delicately say it, but, uh, there's, there's any number of people that profess to, uh, uh, want to be a part of this, uh, correction and they're literally out of their depth. Yep. <laughs> Did that sound arrogant?
0: No. Uh,
1: I'm sorry if it did, it, I don't mean it to be, but they're, they're literally out of their depth and uh, they're going to have to repent, literally repent in order that they can back away from what they have wrong. Uh, there's any number of reasons, but I ask myself every day, I ask myself every day because there's some things that still confuse me and I go, what do I have wrong here? I've got something wrong. What is it? And I'm constantly asking myself questions about what I think I have right that must be wrong. Either because I don't have enough information, I had the wrong information, or I misunderstand the information. And I'm constantly asking myself, what do I have wrong? And those constantly doing that brings up questions and allows you to find answers. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't ask the question, how do you how do you ever uh, change or modify your position or your understanding? You can't. I mean, uh, it, it's just an, it, it's an impossibility. And of course, once you get comfortable and content with what you think, you know, you're not going to change because you want to be comfortable. Yep. OK. This yep. is this is the nature of a the and, uh, nature of man is to achieve achieve comfort and to maintain that. And at what cost
0: and let me tell you, the people that have been conditioned into the current society over however many decades, when this information gets front of, in front of them, it puts some square ass out of their comfort zone, and the majority do not like it.
1: It's very uncomfortable, very you know uh, to to uh, to uh, challenge somebody's worldview and belief system. Or their contradiction—they they espouse a belief system which might be something like Christianity. Their philosophy is Christianity, but they live their life in a in a belief system and a worldview that contradicts their their faith in Christianity. Oh my! Well, you you've just you have just kicked the hornet's nest there. Okay, you self-righteous. Son of a gun. (laughs) You know, how dare you? Who do you think you are? I was watching.
0: I've (laughs) seen a a lot of people are really starting to come out in interviews and stuff and really profess their Christianity. I've seen it three times since this weekend. First one was Torba. Did you see that interview with Torba on True News, by the way? No. It was Friday. He did an interview with Torba. Uh, True News signed up oh, an yeah, account, yeah. And, a per- and and Rick Wiles, a personal account, while they had him on the program because of his statements.
1: Yeah. Okay? He's the Gab founder. Right. Gap.
0: Uh, and uh, then yesterday Gap. I heard a uh, – I was listening to this guy, Dave Rubin. Uh, who has a concern? He used to be a liberal. He's uh, gone through the transformation. He's got conservative guys on, and I know he's a Jew, don't know about his spirituality or what, any of that. But anyway, I was just watching for the, uh, the guest, really, and it was a black guy, told his story. And he uh, came, grew up in the black community. He said, hell, I was never around white people. I thought they were devils and this, that, and the other. And he's real athletic and he's in Arizona. And he got a scholarship to Arizona and started playing football, you know, and was doing real good. But he still had that attitude. In fact, it cost him an NFL draft choice when he got out of school because they, the Oakland Raiders, he, he told this story. They went back to one of his coaches and they said he's a troublemaker. Okay. And it was back when in his angry days. And then he got out and he started looking for jobs. He graduated and he went and applied and the police called him back one morning and he thought they were calling to arrest him. <laughs> they were calling to hire him. And he said, well, i never known anything about police work. Don't know one thing about it, except I've been on the object of it, you know, when I was younger. And, uh, so he said that first ride that I took with a cop and they after they tentatively talked about hiring him, they put him in a ride with one, and he said, it changed my life. And he went ahead and joined the police department, and he was a real good cop out there in Arizona. And, uh, but he started talking about what changed his life was Christianity, okay, when he became a Christian and, uh, and the transformation he went through. I heard Senator Tim Scott, this guy that I'm impressed with from South Carolina, say the exact same thing. And then last night there's a new Bill Still video out, Uh, Somebody sent it to me late last night. I watched it before I went to bed. And it's uh, a, a, a gal that's a lawyer in Texas, white gal interviewing a doctor that's found the basically the cure to COVID. Okay. Have you seen that yet? Well, Bill still goes in, no. and he takes the interview and cuts it down, and he inserts himself in there. Here, listen to the way she answers this or how the doctors come to these conclusions. But it's a really insightful interview, and he's sitting there just touting Christianity through, you know, this is happening, this is happening. and, and But he's found a uh, there's a real cheap The problem with COVID, he says, first of all, you got to get it early instead of now there. If you go to the hospital and you got symptoms, they tell you to take some Tylenol and go home and come back when it's more severe, right? We said, you got to catch it when it's first starting. And you go to this, this real cheap nebulizer, this nebula, this thing you can spray. That's an anti-inflammatory for your lungs. And that's what COVID does is it inflammates your lungs. And he said, 100% cure. I hadn't had one death. OK, and now the NIH has gotten wind of it and the NIH is trying to set up a test so they can sink it like they did hydrochlorazone. OK, except with the NIH test that's set up, he says it's set up for failure because they're not taking anybody until they're in the acute stages and putting them into the trial. They're not catching them when it's early, and it can be caught, and and so you see more and more of the exposure. But what the overriding thing is, how many people I've been seeing coming out and openly professing their Christianity, a strong Christianity too, and it's quite refreshing, actually. Roger, yes,
4: Roger, hey Harvey,
0: you hey. snuck in on us.
4: You know, I was, well, I was on silent mode, just. Uh, making sure you guys didn't start any trouble okay good uh, thank you yeah you, know, you little adult supervision well maybe it's not exactly adult when have supervision all right uh, that interview that yeah uh, you saw it you night. saw it sure. right
0: give us your give us your read and, on this harv
4: oh this this guy is dead on the uh, i mean he he hit the v-ring not just the bullseye he he hit the v and uh he actually used common sense it seems from what i gathered uh from the interview that he his specialty is emergency medicine that he talked about doing a double shift at the you right. know, at the emergency room right. and so on um but he said that he was uh fatigued and he took a nap. Yes. And he had a dream. Yes. This <laughs> began to sound like Dan- the book of Daniel. Yeah. And uh, Which I've been, I've been uh, chest deep in the book of Daniel the last few days and going, oh, man. Anyhow, uh, and he said he had this dream and the answer came to him or was given to him. And it was to just you know, this is this this is a virus that's uh just another coronavirus, but it causes inflammation in the lungs. And and he said, Well the answer ought to be to use an anti inflammatory drug. So he went and found a an off the shelf generic anti inflammatory with a better record better safety record than water and he he said it was so safe that they used it for newborn babies it uh, correct me if i go wrong here roger you know how it is when i'm listening to stuff and you're old
0: and you're old
4: (laughs) yeah yeah it's high mileage (laughs) really what it is but uh with few oil changes But uh, anyhow, he he said, well, we need to suppress the inflammation. So he started, you know, when someone came to him, he didn't have a patient at the moment. But when someone came to him with uh, COVID, he put him on the anti-inflammatory. And he also gave them zinc, which uh, prevents viral replication. And he gave them I think he gave them a uh you know one of these generic uh antibiotics as well, so as to prevent the bacterial growth, so one two three, and like you said, a hundred percent of them got cured
0: and didn't and, have one and he death
4: used the c word
0: not one death out That's of right. all his patients
4: death but but no and no hospitalizations. And, uh, and he did say that is a cure. Well, you know, they, they don't like to use that word C word. Uh, it's not anyhow. He, and, and he did say, yeah, they, they've, uh, scheduled a, a drug trial on this stuff and they've set it up for failure. So they're going to be able to come out and say, Oh no, uh, it doesn't really work but it does really work and he, and he kept emphasizing that you t- should test frequently for the disease and that you should begin treatment the instant you have an indication that someone is infected with it
0: well he went over a very interesting litany and he used he said first of all it started in china and then it moved to iran and then it moved to italy and then it moved to the us Okay. And he said, what did all those countries do? They locked down. They put on masks. Look at what happened.
4: And social distancing. Instead
0: of finding these things early, like Taiwan and Singapore, and he named one other one I don't remember, Japan, Japan have Japan. done. And he said, hell, if you go to a sushi bar in Japan, they're climbing all over each other at the bar to go get sushi. They don't have any social damn distancing.
4: Yeah. And it, one of the things he pointed out about Taiwan is that, you know, they've got this little tiny island and they've got
0: 24 million,
4: millions of people, 24, 24 million, million people there. And, um, uh, and he said, uh, they've had fewer than a thousand deaths in Taiwan uh, how does that work yep well it works because they use
0: it's
3: the
4: same he said they're using a different anti-inflammatory than the one he chose and he thinks the one that he chose is actually superior to the one that they're using but the effect is uh essentially the same
0: uh his name here i got i got the video up his name is dr Richard Bartlett very impressive yes b a r T L E T T, and like and the uh, it looks like the title of it's COVID, but it's over under Bill Stills, and it's Doctor Richard Bartlett B A R T L E T T, and then a hyphen, and it says the COVID nineteen silver bullet. I'll stick that at the end yeah. of today's show description. It's about four. It's twenty. 20-something minutes long, and and as I said, Bill intersperses himself there throughout the interview and cuts probably some of it out. But it's a very impressive interview with this doctor by the gal. The interviewer was impressive, too, I thought, Harvey.
4: Yeah, she was. She she did a good job. An attorney.
0: And at the end, they come down to really mincing it a little bit, and he's going, this is political. This ain't science.
4: So, uh, I tell you, these people are, uh, they're diabolical, but there are a few people as I said to you last night or this morning, whenever it was, uh, you know, why don't we have more doctors like this? And yeah. You know, right. Last night. This? Yeah. Most of them went into the business to make money. Correct. And, and, uh. You know that fellow. Well, you go ahead. So I'm going off on a tangent. You know,
1: yeah. Well well, uh medicine I, I became I became aware of it twenty five years ago, almost thirty years ago, and I said, Well, medicine is strictly a commodity. It's been commodified. That's oh. all it is. And 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 your Hippocratic oath is just hypocrisy. And uh I, I observed that, you know, inside of my own family. And uh so and science, science is is simply just scientism. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's it, science turned into an ideology.
4: Well, they and, they uh, don't they don't follow science, Daryl.
1: No, they don't. They, well, I understand that. I mean, I I, I really I understand it. I, I I happen to know somebody who has a Ph.D. and a master's degree in in uh, organic chemistry, <laughs> and yeah. so I I have a. I've had long conversations with this, uh, this individual about uh, the structure of how science is supposed to work. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to be one, but uh, I, I, have had long conversations with somebody who is, (laughs) and, uh, and, and and they're not very happy with the scientism uh, as, as it's being manifest in our, in our culture now and people's other uh, perception of it. Okay. People have an assumption of science and they, they, they're living under this tyranny of scientism and the guy uh, the the person in the in the white lab coat. Well, um you know, my my mom is a is a is a an initiate of the whole scientism, you know, she could literally if somebody in a white lab coat told her to jump off of a off of the yeah. second story, she would because uh well the doctor told me to. Right. Yeah, know. yeah. So that's
0: the Pavlovian conditioning the institutions. And then they come in and corrupt the institution, and you can't break the conditioning.
4: Yeah, 90% of what medical doctors do is completely unsupported by scientific evidence. And then they <laughs> complain. <laughs> okay, 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 95%. Okay, I know. Uh, All
1: right.
4: But they, they're not scientists. In science, the, the, the method of science is to study some phenomenon and then make an educated guess, an hypothesis about why it's occurring and then devise some test for that hypothesis. Run the test, collect data and analyze the data and see if it supports or denies your hypothesis.
0: Isn't that what Dr. Fauci and, does?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does it. Yeah. He 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 runs the test and then checks to see what his ratings are on the news program. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I... I uh, I, I, I refer to what you're what you're explaining, Harvey. I, I explain it in the, the cornbread version. The cornbread version again, is a solution looking for a problem. Okay, they have the solution. Now we just have to reverse engineer yeah, for the right. for the problem. That's right. Okay, we got the vaccine.
0: We got Windows 1984. And, and, now let's get them where we can jab them with it somehow.
1: Well, isn't isn't that isn't that what they do legislatively and with legalism? Of course. Okay, they. they it's a solution looking for the problem. So they had the solution. So now they just uh, engineer the problem that'll fit this solution that they've engineered it for. Uh, yeah, listen, like, um, I, I, Harvey,
5: what, yeah.
1: you, you know you know Pat and I. You know you know Pat and well yeah, we all know sure. Pat. You know we've all been around. We're, we're we're you know Pat and I are pilots and blah 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 all that stuff. But would you really want to get on an airplane? What what's what confidence would you have getting on a jet airliner? if you knew that the flight crew had the, the same uh, critical and problem-solving and skill, le- skill level as the typical politician or medical doctor, would you, would you be really confident in, in actually wanting to get a – buying a ticket and getting on that airplane if you knew that those people operated – that were driving that thing operated on the same principles as uh, a lot of these doctors and all your politicians? Well, no, you wouldn't do I'm that it's absurd you you would yeah. even, even a uh, even a socialist democratic uh, Marxist Leninist would would say I, I ain't getting on that thing
4: all right let, <laughs> let me let me explain to you why I well of course I won't fly commercial anymore but uh, if I were to get on a plane let's say you were flying you were the pilot would I get on the plane of course I would why? because i noticed that you have landed successfully every time you've taken off you walked away <laughs> from it so yeah. it's uh uh and the next thing is that the pilot is on the same airplane i am
1: yeah and you're all in it together aren't you yeah
4: yeah where we go one we go all on that case buddy that's where it really uh, applies. So he's got his butt on the line, just like I've got mine on the line. And I trust him to make, uh, good decisions because of that. Well, when it comes what's to your, politicians, what's your... yeah. yeah, when it comes to politician, I want to make the contrast here before I stop. They don't have their little rear ends on the line. They've got other deals going. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they were, they require the public, you know, they f- forbid the public by law to make stock trades with insider information. And yet they can do it all the time. And they had. Well, uh, yep.
0: well now they have passed a law yep. on that. And they're trying to railroad that guy from Virginia, the senator that got caught doing it. That's the head of the intelligence committee that didn't inform people about COVID and went and sold all his stock. So that was changed a while back yeah, to some extent. I'm not sure yeah, of its not, total applicability.
4: That's not a criminal charge they're bringing against him. It is a political charge. They're they're yeah. they're besmirching his record or his name, to yeah. prevent him from being reelected. But they're not charging him with a crime.
0: Well, let's say this: they passed. Him. It appears they've passed internal rules, but not external laws against it.
1: Well, <laughs> is it? Is it, is it isn't it an oxymoron to bring up a politician on ethics charges i mean oh, yeah. isn't that an oxymoron sure. I, I mean what what you're describing here what we're describing here is a subjective legal system okay and and, and this is really important uh, harvey's laying out making the case for it uh, all the evidence proves it we have a subjective legal system it's it's been personalized for different categories of people it's not objective it, it isn't across the boards. We're not all in it together. Uh, uh, there's a, it, It's almost like there's a caste system, isn't there? Is, is there a caste system going on here? Yeah. Where the, the, the Lord of the Manor has a different set of uh, obligations and, and uh, rules and and laws that might apply to him, and then you have a completely different set that will apply to you. Okay.
0: You know, that, that may maybe... be coming into a little bit closer agreement. Uh, and I would use the Epstein-Weinstein-Maxwell uh, Gis- examples, it may be that they're being brought in to heal a little bit.
1: Well, uh, Catherine, Catherine Austin-Fitz, uh, her, her perspective on Weinstein, or, uh, Weinstein yeah. and uh, Epstein and yeah. Frankenstein, uh, yeah. all the Frankenstein, uh, yeah. is that she could have told them that that they were going to get busted or were dead men uh, after the passing of Fasby Fifty Six, which here again nobody really wants to talk about too much. The missing trillions and trillions and trillions—it's uh, it's some phenomenal number. Now we can't even imagine fifty, sixty—who knows—and and that. Uh before they had to use these uh these brownstone and uh blackmail operations and they had to have humans manage it and now they don't they don't need them and these people are expendable the the weinsteins the uh epsteins the Frankensteins the gislenasteins uh is there a comedy nominator here uh anyway uh <clears throat> they they're not necessary anymore because this can all be done uh through technology and the the books have gone the books are black okay you you can't you can't uh, audit the federal government they don't have to uh they don't have to do you, answer to um, in, in inquiry about the budget okay so
0: if you do uh, audit, yeah, audit uh, them they can't tell you where the missing money went or won't whatever yeah. one
1: or so, two yeah, I mean, I
4: well, it mean, doesn't matter. The, it, doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll just print more.
1: Well, I mean, here's an example: the 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 army of the of the joint forces, the the, the division called the army, had a budget of like one hundred and twenty-seven billion, and they had a hundred sixty-seven billion dollars in one year that they couldn't account for. Well, wait a minute, that's bigger than your entire budget. What do you mean you can't account for it? Well, we don't have to answer that. Well, listen, you, you you you're not living, you're not living where you think you live. Uh, so, uh anyway,
0: let me check. I think Cody, I think Cody snuck in there. It's got a C on his little rectangle. Hey, Is that you, Cody?
5: That's me. I'm trying to figure out how to change that. You know, I was using Jitsi previously with some of the programmers to communicate. And I don't know. I need to figure out how to get in there and change that i think you got
0: it yeah that's an internal there is a way you can put a logo and paul explained it to me And you got to go to a site called gravitas i think uh anyway oh. I if you want you can go in there and it puts your logo universally wherever you are or something but i oh, okay. uh, i couldn't figure it out so anyway welcome well, cody the, uh- what's on your mind
5: man well, I didn't have too much. You guys were talking about some of these health issues. And one thing that floored me, uh, I found out, I don't know, six, eight months ago, there was a study. So I had, I had low vitamin D, I found out last year. Well, it's interesting. Typically, apparently, when they do regular blood tests, they're not doing a vitamin D test, apparently. I was having such an energy issue, and they ran separate tests and uh, found I had low vitamin D. But, you know, the study that i seen said 28% of people have low vitamin D. You, need, you need talk about ineptness of the medical establishment. You know, if it's if it's that bad and there's all these health issues because of it, I can't believe that it's not being talked about. Hey, everybody needs to go get checked.
0: You know? Well, Maybe I got you news for like you. Your- it's higher than twenty eight percent since we've been in lockdown.
5: Yeah, well, sure. Yeah.
2: It's
4: it's, <laughs> it's always been higher than twenty eight percent. And the farther north you go, the 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 uh, higher the deficit guess because inadequate ultraviolet light and even though you've got visible light you don't have ultraviolet it's filtered out when the sun's at a low angle to the earth and uh dr mercola when he was in private practice in arlington heights illinois just outside chicago he began and this I'm, i'm going back 20 years ago or more when i first started reading dr marcola's website he said that he began testing everyone for vitamin d3 and found that something like 90% were deficient wow. he said he said you know back then i don't know about today but uh, back then vitamin d t- testing was uh, a little bit on the pricey side And he said, why should I test anybody? Everybody needs to be
5: taking vitamin D, period,
4: paragraph. That's it. Yeah. And
5: so. uh, Apparently, there's an issue. There's an issue, though, if you're overweight, it takes quite a bit to get you up there to where it's going to be effective. So that would be the only other reason to maybe be tested, because I know the doctor gave me, I think he had me taking 250,000. A week for I think four or five weeks to get me up, and I'm not that overweight, you know. And then I was listening to some doctor, I think it was in Atlanta. And the more overweight you are, the more they got to really monitor that and give you high doses to get you get it in your bloodstream. I'll
0: tell you, here's another factor I wonder how much the chemtrails have additionally filtered out UV light in the places that could get it.
5: Yeah, who who knows? Um, You know, it's just. It's pretty it's pretty cheap solution and yet except like you said the testing is apparently an issue. I mean even the insurance company didn't even want to pay for it. It's unbelievable. You know, I don't know how their justification was. They just want to give me a hard time or what, you know, doctor orders it and they fight me on on paying for it. Yeah. Well, uh, I
4: I remember about 12 years ago, 14 years ago, a study came out that was uh Related to uh, it was a study correlating breast cancer and vitamin D levels. And what they did was they they gave uh, a cohort of women uh, uh, what was it uh, four? It wasn't even four thousand. It was one thousand, eleven hundred. It was
1: 1,100,
4: it hundred units of vitamin D per day. And they gave them some calcium as well. Why they gave them calcium, I don't know, but I can assure you it had nothing to do with it because we get more calcium than we need.
5: And uh, there's a word of caution I know that that doctor, um, I forget her name, she's been Dr. Rhonda, I think Patrick, she's interviewed on Joe Rogan. So if people want to listen to some of her talks on vitamin D, said there is one caution if you take a little too much vitamin D, it does something with. Calcium uptake—it gives you. It can cause, I guess, I don't know if it's gallstones or some issues where the you know it 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 does increase your calcium uptake. So if you take too much of it, there is some a little bit of downside, I guess, with some calcium deposits. I think maybe even in the veins they were saying. So there, you got to kind of watch that level. Apparently, you need
4: vitamin. You need vitamin K two to properly. Manage the calcium in your body, get it out of the arteries and into the bone. And y- you need uh, magnesium, and we're largely deficient right. in magnesium as well. Right. And
5: so, you know, and, and boron. Oil. Yeah. Boron. Yeah. There you go. go
0: um, yeah. Let's check at yeah. the end of cod the show here. Go ahead, Harp. I'm sorry.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say cod liver oil. Contains vitamin D and vitamin A, which makes you viral resistant. Uh, if you got vitamin A in your cells, they produce large quantities of interferon, and viruses cannot replicate in a cell that has interferon in it. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, just take take cod liver oil. Or any of the fish liver oils. Mm-hmm. Uh, cod's probably the cheapest, but that's what we were. I, I was given when I was a kid. My my mother gave us uh, uh, an, a liver oil called Percomorphin. Percomorphin, and uh, uh, I looked it up about a month ago. Finally, finally. I was asking my brother if he remembered what she gave us. He said no. So, percomorphin. He went nuts. Uh, and uh, percomorphs is a family of fish that includes mackerel. Sure. So, very it oily. Must have been mackerel liver oil. Well, yeah, very oily. And uh, we were given that as children. That was that was medicine. Cod liver oil, percomorphin stuff
2: like that.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's well, they funny, Higher IQs, I think, with people typically live on the coast because of the, the higher I was, uh, consumption. Yeah.
1: When I was, uh, my mom was actually telling me this a couple months ago, that when we were kids, we were so poor that uh, all she could afford was to feed us mackerel all the time. So I, I ate a couple couple ton of mackerel as a kid growing <laughs> up. Yeah, she I mean, did she, 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 she did good. She did good. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, mackerel was cheap. I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, the poor man's salmon. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> is it a big fish? Is it? Does it have it, big can, uh, it can
0: be. It can. It can get up to 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. King mackerel have can. You, There's a number.
1: Of, They're yeah, very. Cody, haven't you ever heard the expression "Holy mackerel"? Well,
5: of course. Have yeah. you ever heard? Of, oh,
1: yeah, holy where mackerel. Where does that come yeah. from?
5: is that good? <laughs> is all, all the oil in it it's good for
0: you. <laughs> I mean when I was a kid Cody we'd go oh, out no. there <laughs> we'd go out there outside of Panama City and you could catch as many of those things as you could put in the boat really and there'd be a 100, 100 boats out there doing the same thing and those schools of mackerel used to migrate down the east coast, then around Florida and up into the Gulf of Mexico around Texas for the summer. And then they migrate out in the fall. Okay, And what they started doing was catching those schools, and they'd see them with airplanes, spotter planes, and they'd go out there and encircle them with purse seine nets, and they dramatically decreased the, the mackerel in the sea down there on on the uh, west coast of florida
5: is the flavor pretty good i can't remember if i've had that's strong
0: it's a strong fish
5: okay
0: um it's got a bone in it yeah brown bone but uh some people like them if it's cooked right and and cured right and bled and everything they're not too bad um anyway listen there's our whistler and i I guess jim is going to be live next so i'll pop out of the conversation and those of you that want to Stay along and hear what Jim has to cover today or welcome to. Uh, It looks like we'll have Paul back tomorrow, I believe, and uh, we'll see what he brings to the table, what water goes under the bridge in the next 22 hours, and uh, interesting times. You guys have a good day. Covered a lot of nice ground today. Thanks. So uh, I'll see you mañana in La Manana. I'm off to do the Patriot lunch thing, so you guys have a great day. Hopefully, we'll get some good news. Good news from some quarter, dear Lord, please.